welcome back, Marcus. Good to see you. Uh, let's let's kick in. So for the next forty-five minutes, uh, the topic being really broad again. Um, the topic is the question is what is included in your framework for red account management. So this is a really really broad topic. As I mentioned earlier, for the one who joined us, what we hear by red account management is the client that are about to churn. Uh, how do you highlight them? How do you identify then why? What are you doing? And um, if for any of you, you have uh, a template, uh, a framework or um, a book, a uh, playbook that you can share, you are welcome to uh, join. So do we see any hands raised? Let's see. I don't see any. I'm, I'm going to have to pick someone. One, I two. see Matt Vidalas and Russell Burns, hands up. Matt and Russell, thanks. Let's start with Matt. So I just want to start with really one quick strategy, not as formal as playbook or giant framework. The biggest tool in a uh, customer success tool belt is collaboration. Um, it was mentioned during the roundtable talk with the uh, Success Hacker team and Jay yesterday. Um, it is something that I will continue to emphasize until I can't emphasize or speak anymore. Uh, it's something that I think is a great way to learn, uh, learn about your colleagues, learn about what else is going on in your business. So it's not only for the sake of putting out a fire uh, or taking care of a right account. Obviously, our goal is to not even have those right accounts, but nonetheless, sitting down with your other teams and saying, hey, where have the other touch points gone wrong? What's happened? how can we remedy this and make them an advocate out of them being mm -hmm. a red count uh, and then hopefully use that to uh, really reinforce a great framework or a playbook and i will yield my time to those who can speak to those topics and so matt just i, I love what you're saying because it's definitely on my, my top three as well collaboration just before we diving and just stop go to the team the product the sell the person who closed the deal and said so let's brainstorm why maybe there is something we see as a pattern within the industry uh, i've seen that a lot um, in the supply chain just to mention just one example we see the digitalization of supply chain moving to more sustainability approach uh, data um, transparency so precisely I, I love that it's it's really starting with the team before we acknowledge anything to the client especially um, unearthing those who may just be silent accounts they, they may not be uh, voicing those same opinions and we could have the opportunity to approach those as well. And, and I love that we can then, once we identify the pattern within the industry, be proactive to do silence account who are not yet read and said, this is something we see. Would love to have a conversation with you. Again, it's about us delivering us to maximize the value you get from our service and the client will see that as pure value. Um, before we get to jump to Russell, anyone would like to jump into what Matt just shared about collaboration? All right, Russell. Sure, thanks. I was in the same breakout with Matt, so we're double represented here. Um, uh, to me, the main thing that came away from ours was um, we didn't get to the point of sharing our frameworks, but we the theme was that um, failure is a really important learning tool. Um, and especially when you're talking about red accounts, you're not going to win them all. Some of them are going to cancel. Um, and that can be okay if it's a bad fit, um, but the important thing is to take a lesson from that and always be evolving your playbooks to account for the things that you learn. I love that. And it's a good opportunity as well to circle back to the product team and say, can we take a some time? Just again, it's part of this improvement. How can we provide more value? How can we improve? And most importantly, and I see that on the Gartner side, often we see client thinking, oh, this is a sales approach, trying to 
get us back. But really, when the customer success reached out and said, we just want to improve. So tell us what, and we can acknowledge that and get back to you and see if there's an opportunity to work together. A any, anyone would like to jump on the um, important topic, which is essentially failed into delivering something specific, being really authentic and open to the client's feedback. All right, Ed, and then we move to Jeremy and Numra. Yeah, sure. I'll share one thing that uh, we did at IntelliSecure that really uh, made a big difference. Uh, we put together quarterly internal reviews um, at the senior executive level of all of the red accounts that were over about a quarter million in ARR. Uh, we asked the CSMs to come in with the sales counterparts, present one slide. What's the situation? What's the history? What's the problem? You know, why are they red and what do you need? And mm -hmm. what was interesting was uh, we did that every quarter. Um, it engaged the senior executive team in what the problems were. It, it got their help to mm -hmm. uh, connect with, with um, executives at these accounts. It got them to make changes in the operations. Uh, we identified systemic issues that, that triggered uh, process improvement projects. So we got their commitment and they, we got them more engaged in the day-to-day. -day. You know, senior executives are you know, dealing with investors and, you know, financial providers and things like that to get them into the ground truth really helped a lot. So I would highly recommend that process, have your CSMs put together a plan, uh, present that to the senior executive team, and then uh, see what happens. Really good things do come out of it. And I love that. It, and it, it reminds me of a conversation, I think you guys were involved a couple of, it was maybe a month or two ago about how do you communicate the value? Um, how do you quantify how successful your customer success team is to the CFO on this yearly budget because every year customer as any of as any other team we need additional budget to grow the team and always to better serve the client. So, if I'm hearing you correctly, this is something we can as well definitely leverage to present to the executive team uh, to the board to request additional fundings. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what people need to have tangible examples when they really see it, when they experience it, then they understand it. And, you know, you have an abstraction between what's happening on the ground with customers and what executives are doing. So if you can ground them on, on what's happening, then they can see it. If they hear it multiple times, they know it's a problem and uh, you get their commitment and their, uh, their motivation for action. Then the money can follow, right? I need to mm -hmm. see it. I need to believe it. I need to have a personal emotional connection to it. And then I can justify it with the numbers. Thank you. Thanks. Anyone would like to jump on uh, on Ed's comment? Mario, you would like would you like to comment on Ed's? Yeah. Uh, hi everyone. So yeah, something similar was discussed in our group, and uh, same with our company too. We do have a, a strategic meeting uh, every month, uh, going through all major accounts health, especially focusing on the red ones. And I think uh, the topic that came up in our group also that uh, given that we are CS team or we are customer success, we do have an ongoing record of what's going on with our customers. So we kind of have, uh, including collaboration, we also have a tool of getting the pulse of the client before it even goes to red. So I think something like this helps not just managing the red client, but even before we go to the red part. So I definitely agree with Ed that this is a very good way of both collaborating with the senior management and also managing our clients uh, in a much more proactive way. Thank you. Thank you, Madhur. Um, Jeremy? Yeah, hey everybody. So, so my comment's gonna be a little little different, although, Ed, I was thinking about a quote from, uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman, that one of the former CEOs of Ford Company, who 
um, you know, walked into a, a culture of, you know, everything is green, like there's nothing wrong ever. Um, and, and basically him trying to, you know, correct the ship to say, it's okay to report problems. Actually, we encourage you to report problems because it gives us the opportunity to fix it before it's too late. Um, so I, I love that, you know, that quarterly review um, that you're talking about. Uh, so for our group specifically, we actually covered off on, uh, Ori brought up a great example of what to do with high demand customers who are not profitable for your business, meaning you're losing you know, money uh, left and right and how to have, you know, difficult conversations from, you know, the other side, you know, they, they might be highly adopted, you know, they might be a really good customer, but, you know, for you to keep them as a customer, something has to change. Um, from that regard. So we were, you know, talking around, you know, different strategies of being able to show the, you know, show the value they're truly getting out of the partnership to, you know, to, you know, start opening, you know, wedging, a, you know, starting to put a wedge in there where you can have the conversation around, hey, you know, we really want to continue to partner with you, but, you know, we are not, we are not at a state where we can be profitable in that partnership. I mean, being in, you know, having that transparency with the customer to say, you know, we knew initially maybe we brought you on um, to, you know, to really help, you know, improve and fix the, you know, fix our product, take it to that next level. But now that we are here, you know, we have to have a conversation around, you know, you are getting the value that you initially looked for. So how do we, you know, how do we push that forward? So we didn't necessarily get into the, you know, all the specifics of, of everything that we do, but being able to show, you know, show the value of, you know, what other customers are getting, you know, versus, you know, what they're spending versus, you know, mm -hmm. that profitability margin. So, you know, I certainly, I think this, our group would certainly welcome any additional feedback, but, you know, about being willing to be transparent and, you know, sharing information like that upfront rather than waiting till it's too late. And then you're in a situation, especially if you're in a smaller company where, you know, it's a sink or swim moment um, to, you know, mm -hmm. to have that conversation. So um, that's, you know, that's the feedback that I want to add to the conversation today. Thank you, Jeremy. Just a quick clarification point. When you say a highly demanding client, are we talking about a client who expected white glove treatment uh, that are not, that, is actually not mirroring the investment with a vendor or just just being client and a bit a little challenging every day yeah Ori, do you want to come off and maybe add a little co uh, color to that yeah sure um so th this client um basically maybe 50 percent of what we were doing for them was in line with our product roadmap while 50 percent was kind of very dedicated to cater their needs um and going into the deal we knew that but they constantly kept on adding more requirements and demanding higher quality and demanding faster turnaround um, for, for our deliverables, which left us in a position where over 50% of our engineering resources are dedicated to this customer. Uh, and they're not, they're maybe paying us to cover one or two engineers. Um, on a yearly basis. So obviously we're burning millions of dollars on this deal to, to make it work. It helps us, but um, still now that our product is more mature and they're gaining much value on their business. I know 70% of their business is built on what we've delivered to them. They're getting 70% mm -hmm. of, of deals through us. Um, so that, that kind of uh, gave an opportunity to open this discussion, be very candid on, on the state of us not being profitable, their interest of us being profitable and, and, and continue growing as a company and supporting them and building a partnership together, building more trust together for them not to be nitty gritty about every additional price that, that we're requesting. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good example. And I love that OEI. And, and so 
I feel it's it's very close to having clients with legacy product, legacy, legacy pricing, and trying to get them to the new pricing and the new deliverable. One thing that I love about what I'm hearing as well is uh, customer success is it's very it's. It's quite challenging to quantify success. I'm working for Gartner, uh, you leveraging our services. It's hard for me to quantify your success by leveraging us because it's obviously we're not directly impacted your business. But in your case, you're able to say, hey, by using, hey, Mr. Mrs. Client, by using our services, we were able to increase your winning rate by that much. How, and that's maybe your question to the group, just jumping on what Ori said. How would you, do you have any best practices, again, you can share? when you have faced this similar similar challenge, either getting a client outside of a legacy pricing or simply just trying to simply over delivering and you end up costing you more and the client will not move to the next pricing to be aligned with their um, expected services. Yeah, I'm glad to share since we really focused during the short time on this topic. Um, so Jeremy brought up a, a great point as well where um, he he kind of outlined a lot of customers that were legacy and paying and had significant discounts to kind of share with them a, a snapshot what we charge, what's the average of our customers that what's the average our customers are paying and where the the current discounted customer is to kind of give mm -hmm. a perspective on, on how significant it is and, and to offer them in advance. A, maybe a year ahead to prepare budgeting towards an increase considering that that current state so kind of being transparent as jeremy mentioned being upfront allowing them to prepare and budget accordingly or alternatively lock in for a longer term as as maybe as maybe another option instead of mm -hmm. paying more per year so. And we on, on our Gartner playbook, we have something that really aligns with what you said. I'm happy to share with the group is whether to, whether to focus on the investment, we decided to break it up by company size and we align specific features and deliverable per company side. And so when we present that to the client and say, this is company revenue, this is usually what they are in, how they're investing with us. It makes it a little more relevant to them. Um, I see Marcus, you have your right, your hand raised. Is it to cover this topic or would you like to change to another another piece? It, it was just a, an additional add-on to the the overall conversation about uh, the, the red playbooks. Um, so mm -hmm. I can jump in now or we can Go continue ahead. on with where we were. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I think is key when when dealing with the uh, with a red account is oftentimes we get really focused on dealing with the the decision maker and the primary individual who's involved in the process. And I think it's still important as part of your red playbook to try and find, you know, and look through like who are the power users and maybe some of the people who aren't power users and try and have conversations with them ahead of having that, that key conversation. Uh, Cause there's so much valuable information that you can you know find out. Are they getting value? Are they, what are the challenges they're facing? You know, is there anything else going on? Is there some political uh, items happening within the organization that you need to know about, which may be causing this this account to be read? So, I think you know that should be part of any playbook is you know getting the the greater holistic picture uh, versus just focusing on what the the key elements are. Or the the initial person who's reaching out to to have that conversation. 
Thanks, Marcus. I, and it's 100%. I'm always getting my American expression messed up, but you're really hitting the, the, the nail on the head. Hopefully this is right. <laughs> but it, it's often we, it's, I've seen that a lot with the icon I'm managing where we see a drop and it's usually aligned with someone new power, power shifted internally without sharing or simply your, your champion left the company. And so more than just rebuilding your product and feature, really focusing on who does what. And there is something that I love to keep up to date is my uh, org chat, what we call capture the org chat. So you always know who is a decision maker, who is your champion and who you can rely on just to get some additional information. Uh, I see Laura, Madeline, and Nora. Um, any, anyone else who would like to comment on Marcus' uh, point about champion and uh, power shift? One, two. Bertel, right. I'll say just uh, one thing really quick about Nora, yes. it. And I know everyone else was before me. Um, so the one thing I think is important, and I don't know if anyone else has had this, but I always had a challenge as in running the CS team is when clients say at the executive level, what are you going to do to drive more adoption? And mm -hmm. I really flipped that conversation on its head and said, what can we do in partnership together to drive adoption? Because I do think that there gets to be a point in time as a vendor that will always be seen as a vendor, especially at the user level. So I would really work uh, to create a plan together that had action items that were based on what they would do and then our commitment and then tracking that excess, success each week and any failure each week and then talking about what we could do to adjust so it was a very partnered approach because I've definitely had in the work that I was in, a lot of customers say to me, this is your problem. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way when it comes to delivering services. And I think you have to challenge customers to create a, not an A and B scenario, but here is a C scenario of us working together and pulling in resources from your team to be successful. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Laura. I, I love this comment and it's, we move, it's, an engagement plan is really a key topic, a key piece into your playbook. I, I, I love working with this client around this engagement plan, capturing their objective, um, really measuring progress or so giving homework to the client. So you, I will get back to you by then, but you do need to get back to me by then. Um, as well, why not identifying what are the roadblocks both within your company as a vendor, but as well clients. Uh, some of the specific milestone. And again, always having those objective in mind and those timeline and deliver on due time. Thank you, Laura. This is really good. Uh, any, so I see Madeline and Nora. We're going to start with Nora, but before that, any comment on, on Laura's um, engagement plan within this red playbook? All right, Nora, you would like to comment. Hi, yes, Claudette. Go ahead, Claudette. It's Claudette. Claudette. I, I wanted to make a comment. I totally think Laura's on point about you know getting engagement. I one thing I learned when it came into play um, when we were using the playbook was, and you, if you have the version of the playbook that's sh uh, trans transparent, you know that one that you can share with the customer, review review with them, or you know some or some version of it that okay, these are what these are the steps we're going to go through. This is what we're going to. These are expectations if you want to say, and mm -hmm. and then you know where you can make the um the edits to like where what the what the customer may not see there that they want to have you know on their end um to a part of that adoption um plan uh plan you know in the playbook so i mean i've used it before where i've shared the playbook and it's helped you know everybody knew and, and 
And then what's interesting is that the, obviously the manager, if you're working with the manager, you then you go there share with the team. And so mm -hmm. the other team now becomes informed about what also the uh, adoption of the new technology or software, whatever the, the product is that you're with, dealing with. So I just thought Laura's points were really great. And, and if you have one that's transparent of a playbook that you can get early on to, to the customer's hands and review it together so you can go to, to you know, go to market with your adoption, um, that would be great. Thank you for that. I, I think it's great to share and be totally transparent with the client. I, I, I love working on this. I have a, I've designed a template for an Excel spreadsheet that I'm sharing on Google Drive with each account, each user, and they all have their own plan and a summary of what has been discussed and their usage. And we have specific milestone and then we work backward. And we are connecting with the client weekly or bi-weekly and we're always going back to the same spreadsheet that the client has and can update on his or her part as well, Saida. So this is really useful. Thank you so much, Claire. This is great. Thanks, Laura. Um, Numra. Yeah, Sorry, it took I think, a little time um, to get back to you. Of course. No, thank you, Rita. Um, so I think my comment's going to tag in nicely with the last two. So we have a process um, that we basically bring together a SWAT team for certain accounts where they have been uh, read for a significant amount of time, or if the at-risk revenue or the at-risk sort of customer value is high enough to warrant that SWAT team. So those are the two points I just wanted to make is with the ones that are trending red, we do quantify that where we can in terms of what's at risk. Um, is it a renewal? Is it upsell? Is it NPS on the relationship? And then two, um, the resolution or the improvement planning is not on the back of only CS. It is you know, accountability distributed across and many times that's in the operations team as well. And that is where we start to bring together a bit of a temporary SWAT team against that account. You do need executive sponsorship for that to Ed's point. Um, so we do get, get that through the regular executive reviews. We get the executive sponsorship for that account and then basically tag people into that SWAT team. Um, we do document it in an improvement plan to, um, to Madeline's point. Uh, we, in its customer facing improvement plan, there's timelines and it's, it's documented and there's KPIs that we're trying to hit. And then basically the SWAT team, usually it's, you know, at least somebody, a few folks from ops, it's the client success, it's somebody from services and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And we tackle that together. So you essentially, if I'm hearing, putting your client on a plan. Pardon me? <laughs> you putting your client on a plan. Exactly. Yes, I love it. And one question about the SWAT team: um, Is it a team that gravitates around each client and move from one client to another, or is are they just, or is the team specifically with uh, product? Uh, is essentially the product team? Can you tell us a little more about your SWAT team? It's not like a dedicated team at all. It's just a hat that we get people to wear for a three-month, six-month period of time. Um, so we don't pull them off their current work. We just say you are now part of this team. So yeah, it's it's it could be product, it could be engineering, it could be um, architect, it could be ops. As I said, mostly, and they wear that hat for a while. Um, we get again the sponsorship from their manager and their leadership team is the key, so that there's kind of the right focus on it mm -hmm. and the right sponsorship. But yeah, they it's not a it's not a formal role. It's not a dedicated role. A temporary group. I love that the putting the client on the plan. I think this is this is great. Um, Madeline. Yeah, when the world flipped on its head um, 
last March, uh, Camp has already been this year. Um, one of our product lines became no longer relevant because of the the in the type of role that that served in our industry was is essentially eradicated because of COVID, and we don't know if that will come back. And so, one of the things that we incorporated into our playbook was a product exchange. So, if the customer purchased a product that is no longer valid, we were going through essentially a sales process. We put a team together as well that includes sales and marketing to put together a plan where they could change products so that they could use a part of our system that that now was much more relevant to their current environment to try to keep those customers that partnered with changing how we market and how we how we define the value proposition of that product line that was was no longer valid really was important in terms of trying to eradicate at scale right those those red customers i'm wondering if anybody else has gone through sort of a product exchange or i'm going to try to sell you on something else we have because what you're using today doesn't work one question, Madeline, when you say product exchange, um, is it within a specific portfolio? Like, are you going to be adapting uh, features of other more expensive um, products? Like, what is your strategy? Because if a client is spending 100K on one product and you're looking to upgrade this client to a 200K or lower, what are the impact financially, the financial impact for the client? Yeah, we had to essentially look at our, our product pricing uh, and address that, right? Because they were not an even exchange. So we had to say, can we offer a special price mm -hmm. to customers that are currently on this existing product line that no longer are gonna be able to use that product line? So that we had to kind of package our own, our own version of that to this existing customer base and make it very clear that they were getting a deal. Uh, but the, one of the challenges was the professional mm -hmm. services and the work that went into putting them and onboarding them onto that new plan. And so we had to find ways to do that at scale as well. And it's there is a time that it's time bound. Like we got to, we're getting out of the wood, but we want to provide more value. You will have access to the specific package for, the, and we're going to match your current investment until this time in nine months, twelve months. Is that the is that the specific approach you are taking? Yeah, somewhat. Or or we lock them we lock them into a price for a a, a specific term, right? We gave an amendment. We're putting you mm -hmm. on a new platform. Here is your price for twelve months was the standard, and then we'll revisit it in twelve months. Exactly. Thank you. Anyone would, I know Andreas, you have your hand raised. Um, anyone would like to comment on this, um, under this topic about uh, switching the client's product, exchanging products? Sherry, you've been very quiet. Would you like to help us? I hate to say this, I don't really have much to add. Everyone has covered this way more in depth than than I probably could. I mean, I do a lot of the things that people, we do a lot of the things that people have mentioned and I'm trying to work on a way that we're less, a lot less reactive and more proactive, but that requires the collaboration of other departments. And if it's not something that's a priority for them, unfortunately, they're, they have a complete lack of a sense of urgency. So like one of those things, I'm still working on it nine months later and it's an issue. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, getting other people, like I said, to understand something that doesn't affect their day-to-day -day sometimes is often a challenge. And then I'm, I'm having my own red code red situation internally and a code red situation with, um, with customers. So I don't, like I said, I think everyone's been really on top of this. In fact, I took some notes, but right now I'm trying to solve the code red internally. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and we go back to what Matt said earlier with Jeremy that the first step before reaching out to the client is circle back internally just to gather one third. So when already we're facing internal red, uh, this can be a little challenging. Um, Andreas, and actually let's start with um, 
Conroy, sorry. I see iPhone. You're on mute. I'm off mute. Is, is it me? Yes, that's you. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It's Dan, actually. Conroy's my last I, name, but you, you pronounced it perfectly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a sales guy. You know, I work for Higher Logic, and but before I came to Higher Logic, um, we had uh, I work for a company where usage was always an issue, and it was a common thing to have discussions around. And one of the things we started doing proactively um, with my client manager, because I was responsible for both new business as well as uh, renewing existing business and growing them, um, we started making videos of the um, people that were using it. Because nothing's more powerful than, you know, you can say, oh, you know, X percent of the people are using it. But if they see one or two people or even three people that used it and got significant value on it and they're talking, it's no longer me, you know, regurgitating something that was said by one of the people in the client. It's actually them. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I found to open up the doors to having a conversation that is not no longer confrontational because they're like, they take a step back and they're like, all right, it does work. And now we, somebody said it before, jointly together have to put together some kind of a plan that gets more people using it. So you get more people happy and more videos like mm -hmm. that. And that's just one example. I'm not a client success person. So I, you know, I, I'm listening to all these other ideas, which are fabulous, but that struck me as a way that can really bring it home sometimes. I love it. This is really good. And, uh, and it's actually everything being automated and uh, delivering a ton of value by sharing best practices and presenting how other clients are leveraging the service um, hours services, the vendor services can provide a ton of value. I see Andreas, I see two Andreas, one with the right hand and one on mute. So which one should I? Doesn't matter which one. Um, I, um, I, I just wanted to uh, add and I posted the link to an article about this uh, on my Red Account playbook on um, rescue, recover or farewell um, that there are circumstances when it's not just the product fit, when there are other dynamics, and Marcus alluded to, to that already from a political perspective, but for example, IT dragging their heels or other departments that we mm -hmm. depend on that are not really under our control. So part of the playbooks uh, that I put in place, analyze also is the primary responsibility for this um, account going into some troubled waters, uh, is it mainly us? Is it something that is kind of joint responsibility or mm -hmm. is it something that is more in the uh, client's hands and have different reactions for that? So that we're not just jumping on, oh my gosh, this client is in red and um, spending a lot of resources on something that we cannot really influence. Thanks, Andreas. It's, and it goes, it circled back to something that had been shared at the beginning where we, everything being automated based on usage. And we, uh, we see a client on our portal that being associated with the color red and thinking what the first question again is, as Matt said, go back to internal team just to see, just to get an update from our team, but as well reaching out to the client and assuming that maybe again, as Marcus have said, the power has changed. Maybe the, the champion left, maybe there is another seat holder who has a different priorities. And again, it's to deliver a second scale to really align the features we are selling, we are promoting with what are the client expectation. I see we have another three minutes left. Um, I would like to leave if Jeff is online the last word, but before we let Jeff jumping in, just wanted to remind you of an exciting initiative for again grow retain communities. Hopefully by the end of the first quarter, we are going to have, no pressure on Jeff, this library where we can all gonna be able to share 
tools and templates. I think this is a great idea. Jeff, hopefully you heard me. And uh, again, if you, there is anything you would like to share, you're more than welcome to send that over to Jeff directly. Jeff, no, not. All right, so, well, I'm, uh, we almost have the bottom of the hour. Any final word from anyone? Andreas? I know you're dying. Everyone smile, be engaged. It's a uh, screenshot uh, picture time. So, Burl, are you ready to I capture for eternity? <laughs> Let's all pretend we're having a good time. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Perfect. Well, we are at the bottom of the hour. Thanks again, all. We're going to connect on LinkedIn. Let us know if you have any questions. Um, we have another uh, Tuesday uh, conversation next week, as well as Thursday. Next Thursday is going to be Andrew turn, and that will be his wingman. So let us know if you have any questions. Thanks again, and have a wonderful week. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.